in the precious, holy, and righteous name of Jesus. Lord, we come to the time that I won't say it's the most important, but it's a time where we have to sit in our tent doors, Lord, and just listen to have a heart to listen to what you have to say so that we can take what you give us and apply it to our lives. So in faith, Lord, I sit down. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in and doing what only you can do in the wonderful, holy, and righteous name of Jesus. My soul says amen and amen. As you turn in your Bibles to Mark the 16th chapter, I also ask you to stick your finger in John, the sixth chapter. We know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? This first four books of the uh, first books, first four books of the New Testament. So Mark 16, verse 9 through 14. You have it, speak to me, Lord. Mark 16, 9 through 14. You have it, speak to me, Lord. Praise God. Okay. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She, uh, she went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe it either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Amen? Amen. Mark the sixth chapter, starting with verse 38 to 40. Mark 6, verse 38 to 40. For, yes, John, keep me straight. You know how my mouth is, or my brain does, whatever. John 6, 38 to 40, you have it? Okay, I'll give you a minute. And leave your scripture open there at any rate. You ready? John 6, starting with verse 38, 38 to 40. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last days. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? This morning we're going to conclude our mini-series on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ even though there is no ever can be a conclusion 
in studying what the resurrection is all about. But in this series that God has given to us, in the first sermon, God asked a question. And that question was, what if there was no resurrection? In the second sermon, God had us to contemplate what is the distance from the throne to the cross. And we looked at what every all the different things that our Lord and Savior had to give up when he left the glories of heaven, put on human flesh, and came into this world to die for our sins. We also saw last week that after Jesus had risen from the dead and after he had, after he had been risen from the dead, he went back to heaven. He entered in the, into the holies of holy to apply his shed blood to the mercy seat. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what the resurrection means to each and every one of us personally. I want you to understand that Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, is not about bunnies. It's not about Easter eggs. It's not about chocolate bunnies and all this other kind of stuff. But Easter is about the resurrection of our Lord. And we've got to know personally what the resurrection means to each of us individually. Now, I want you to look at the text that we just looked at. Today's going to be more of a teaching sermon, but that's good. Look at the text we just looked at in John, the sixth chapter. Okay, we're going to look at what the resurrection means to each of us personally, right? In the 38th verse, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven to do my father's will. I came down from heaven. I left the glories of heaven. I left the beauty of heaven to come into this world to do the father's will. Now, when I, I think about all of the things we talked about last week that Jesus had to give up to come into this world, I think about us and I think about that when God touches our hearts and he tells us that he wants to use us in a particular way. And he often tells us that there's some things that you're going to have to give up in order to do the father's will. I hope and pray that you will be as willing to give up the things that God tells you to give up simply because you want to walk in the will of the Father. That should be the heart's desire of everybody that is in here that goes by the name of Christ. It should be your heart's desire to walk in the will of the Father. You say, okay, Jesus said, I came into this world to do the will of the Father. Well, everybody in here knows exactly what that will was. You don't have to question and say what was the will of the Father. We know that Jesus came into this world so that he could pay the penalty. He could die for our sins. But I want you to look at what this scripture verse says. It says he came into this world so that everyone who looks to the Son, everyone who looks 
to the sun. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Does that mean simply to gaze at the sun, to simply try and, and imagine what Jesus looked like in our mind? No, when Jesus' scripture says, whoever wants to do my Father's will, they have to look to the sun. You gotta realize that what God is saying, you've gotta look to Jesus for everything that it, everything that you need in your life. You gotta look to him first and foremost for your salvation. You gotta look to him for the, as the one who paid the price for you to have eternal life. But God says, after you have been saved, then you have gotta learn to look to Jesus for each and everything that it is that you need in your life. Okay, it's saying that when we look to Jesus, we are starting to rely, we're starting to depend on God for the things in our life rather than just trying to do it all ourselves, trying to depend on ourselves. Amen? So God says that we are to look at Jesus. You're to see him as your redeemer. You're to see him as the one who paid the price for you. You've got to see him as your savior. You got to see him as the one that you got to believe in in order to be saved. But you've also got to see him as the keeper of your soul. You say, Pastor, I understand when you say that I've got to see Jesus as my savior and I got to see him as my redeemer. But what do you mean when you say that I've got to see him as the keeper of my soul. Look at that scripture text we just read in John 6. It says that I shall lose none of those that he has given to us. That I shall lose. He is the keeper of your soul. He's saying the father says, okay, that he has given you to me as a gift because I gave my life in payment for your sins and that I shall not lose one of you all. So the faint thing that should make you all rejoice this morning is the fact that not only does Jesus pay the price to save you, but he has paid the price to keep you. Amen. He not only paid the price to save you, but he has paid the price to keep you. Jesus said, God gave you to me and his will is that I lose none of you all. Lose none of you all. That Satan will not be at. You got to get this from your head to your heart. Because there are whole denominations that teach you you can lose your salvation. There are whole denominations that tell you that you can be saved. And if you go back in the world and so forth, you can lose your salvation. But Jesus tells us here that God's will is that he loses not one of us that has committed our life to him. And for that, you should rejoice. Amen. That you should rejoice. Hallelujah. But notice what else he says. Not only has the Father, is it the Father's will that I lose none of you all, but this is where the sermon is all about. But it says in the last part of that verse, and I will raise them up on the last day. I will not only not lose you, but I will raise you up on the last day. This week, it may have been Wednesday or Thursday, I sent the members of the church a text that said, thanks be to God who gives us victory over sin and death. And what God wants you to see this morning 
What the resurrection of Christ means to you personally is that God is giving you personally the victory over death. Amen. That not only we've gone through the different scriptures forever talking about, you know, sin no longer has to control in our life and we don't no longer have to live according to the flesh. We can live according to the spirit. But God said not only that, but he says that we have victory not only over sin. But we also have victory over death. Amen. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? I mean, Scripture says here that Jesus says that I shall raise them up on the last day. What is he talking about that he's going to raise us up on the last day? Turn in your Bibles to John 11, verse 25. When you get it in the Red Bible, give the page number, please. Jesus said, it's the Father's will that I'm going to raise them up on the last day. 872. 872. What does it mean when God says, I'm going to raise them up on the last day? Look at John eleven twenty five. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. Do you see that? Yeah. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That shows us that Jesus not only will resurrect us from the dead, but that he is the resurrection himself. He not only performs the resurrection, but he says, I am the resurrection. Do you, you know what that means? That means that Jesus is saying to you, because I rose from the dead, you can have the assurance that when the time comes for you to uh, pass this earth, that you're going to live just as he did. The death is no longer going to have the last word. Remember Jesus saying in scripture in one of the epistles that he gave us victory over death, hell, and the grave. That's why we can rejoice on Resurrection Sunday because we can say, because he lives, I know that I'll live too. Because he lives, I know that death does not have the final word. Because he lives, I know that one day, He's going to raise me just like he said from the dead. You say, Pastor, why should that give me joy? Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are under the impression that this life that we're living on this earth is all there is to it, then you're living a sad existence. Because if this is all there is to life, getting up in the morning, going to work, trying to buy a house, trying to do that. If this is all the stress and the struggle of living every day and then you die and there's nothing after death, that's the most miserable existence that anybody can have. You have no hope. There is no hope. But in Christ Jesus, we know there is hope. You say, Pastor, how do I know that there's hope in Jesus? Turn in your Bibles. I told you today is a teaching lesson, so keep your Bibles close. John 14, verse 1 through 3. John 14, verse 1 through 3. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
Those who die believing in me, yet shall they live. You say, Pastor, how is that going to happen? How is that going to take place? John 14, 1 to 3. Somebody give us the page number. Page 875. Does everybody have it? Stay with me, y'all. Stay with me. John 14, 1 to 3. Do not let your heart be troubled. Amen. Hallelujah. You believe in God. Mm -hmm. That's God the Father, right? Mm -hmm. Believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. I like the way the King James puts this. That's a, what I cut my teeth on. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Okay. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you have got to understand one thing. One thing you got to know with, with not only your head, but with your heart. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, he went back to heaven and he anointed the, the mercy seat. We looked at that last week. But Jesus also went back to heaven and right now he's operating in the office of high priest where he is praying for us. And I tell you all the time, if you want somebody to pray for you, you better make sure you know Jesus and that he's praying for you. But the other reason that Jesus went back to heaven was to prepare a place for you. He went back not only interceding for us, but right now he's preparing room for us Amen. in his father's house. Amen. Now, let, let me give you a little bit of history. In Jewish days, when a couple got in, engaged, it was called a betrothal. And the betrothal usually, usually, used to last for a year. And during that time, the fiance, the soon-to-be husband, would be at his father's house preparing a house for his bride. During that year that they're engaged, the soon-to-be husband is at his father's house preparing a house for his bride. And when the day of the marriage takes place or gets ready, he goes and gets the bride and takes her to the father's house. And at the father's house, whether he prepared a home for her, is where the marriage is consummated. Amen. You get that? Mm -hmm. You got it from your head to your heart? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is letting them know. He, <laughs> he is letting us know that right now, if you have a believing faith in him, you're uh, in a betrothal state with our God. You're like in an engagement with the Lord. You're like, he's your soon-to-be husband and you are the bride. Okay, but scripture tells us, Jesus says here, if I go and prepare a place for you, that means I'm coming back. Just like the Men in the tradition, in the Jewish tradition, they would go and prepare a home for the bride and they would come back 
and get the bride. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. I'm in heaven now preparing a place for you, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to my father's house. My brothers and sisters in Christ, what you have got to understand is in that scripture in John 14 that Jesus just, uh, we just read for from Jesus is telling us prophesying about the rapture of the church. Amen. He is talking about the, he says, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. And when I come back, I'm coming back in the rapture. To receive you unto myself. You don't have to turn to this one, but I'll tell, tell you to it. Tell you it. 1 Corinthians 15, 50, 52. It says, in a flash, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trump will sound. The dead in Christ will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. That's describing the rapture. Jesus is saying at the last trump, when the trump is sound, it said that those who have died with a believing faith in God, that their bodies will be resurrected either from the grave or from the ocean where their ashes were splashed or where the uh, ground zero, where their ashes were buried, wherever their ashes are, they will be raised from the dead, okay? And their born again spirit that went to heaven to be with God when they died, because we know that God tells us in scripture to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? So at the rapture, what God is going to do is he's going to raise those first who died with a believing faith in him and will reunite them with their new resurrected glorified body. And then it says, those of us who are alive on this earth, it says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed and will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. This is what Jesus is talking about in John 6 when he says, in the last days, I will raise them up. What does the resurrection mean to you? The resurrection means to you or should mean to you the eternal reward that you have as a child of God that you know that one day you're going to be in glory with Almighty God. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I know the sermon doesn't seem like it's it, whatever, but it, 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 I want to, yeah, I know I do that, but I just want you all to understand the resurrection of Christ means more than that's why we're celebrating it. Not just one Sunday, but we're celebrating it three Sunday, because if there wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus, we would have no hope. Yeah. If it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus, this life would be all, but God says what he's going to do. In a moment, in the twinkling of a die, he's going to raise us up, those of us who have died with a believing faith in him, and those of us who come back will come back and have our new Amen. resurrected glorified Amen. body. Amen. You say, Pastor, Amen. what does that mean? This is the last scripture I have you turn to, Revelations 19, verse 6 through 9. Brothers and sisters in Christ, yes. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this just blows my mind. The resurrection of Christ 19. means the eternal rewards that we'll have as believers. Death is not the end. The resurrection shows us that Jesus conquered death, 
hell, and the grave. And because he conquered death, hell, and the grave, we also have victory over death, hell, and the grave. We don't have to worry about going to hell because we know that we have a place prepared for us in glory. Okay, Revelations 19, 6 through 9. You with me? Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Pay closer to Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding. Look at this, y'all. I just told you about the Jewish wedding, right? For the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride, who is his bride? You are the bride. The church is the bride has made herself ready. Look at this. Fine linen. Bright and clean was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed. Ble look at it. Blessed are those who are invited to this wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of Almighty God. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Amen. I need you to look at this and get this from your head to your heart. I want you to hear the hallelujahs. There's not going to be anybody that God's going to have to beg to praise him. There's not going to be anybody that God's going to have to say, open your mouth and yeah. praise him. There's not going to be anybody that God's going to have to say, lift up your hands and worship me. It says here that the hallelujahs and praises go up like the shout of a vast multitude. It'll be so many people that it is not able to be named. You've got to understand that after the rapture of the church, I'm giving you a lot of history today, but you need it. After the rapture of the church and the seven years of tribulation period, this is when the marriage supper of the Lamb will occur. And you've got to understand that all the saints from years ago and saints now and saints of the future will be there to be a number without me uh, measure. And they're going to be praising God. Why are they going to be praising God? Because they said the Lord Almighty reigns. He has defeated the enemy totally and completely. Our God reigns. But we sing songs like that all the time because God wants us to know that his reigning is not just going to be after the tribulation period, but that his reigning is supposed to be right now on this earth through you. We are to be reigning as kings and priests in this earth realm. That's what God says. We are to be reigned. What else does it say? I want you to hear this out of the amplified version. And I'm going to get ready and take you home. It says, she has been permitted. Talking about the church. To dress in fine linen. My son asked me, why are you dressed in white today? I started to call you all. and ask everybody to wear white. But I didn't. But scripture says here. That the bride is going to be dressed and fine linen, dazzling white and clean, dazzling white and clean. Okay, the bride 
has to have on the proper clothing in order to take part of the marriage supper of the land. The br bride can't come just looking like anything. Okay, the bride just can't come just wearing and just like we come into the presence of God and won't come into church wearing anything. And I can't for the life of me understand how anybody can want to come into the presence of God and just be wearing anything. I don't understand that. That's that mentality doesn't get from here to my heart. Okay, not saying you got to be in a suit and all that other kind of stuff, but you should prepare. I am going into the presence of Almighty God. Is what I'm going to have on, is this going to bring glory and honor to Almighty God? Amen. But notice what it says. The fine linen signifies the righteous acts of the saints. The clothing that the bride has on, the white, Clothing that the bride has on, the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saint. And this you got to get. The amplified version breaks it down of what the righteous acts means. The ethical, ethical conduct, the personal integrity, the moral courage, and the godly character of believers. Mm. That's what the whiteness that you have on is to signify. I'm going to read that again. The ethical conduct, the personal integrity, the moral courage, and the godly character of believers. That's what we are to be wearing. The whiteness, the holiness of Almighty God. Now, I know that gave some pause to some of y'all because I can tell by the expressions on your face. And you know what? The Lord kind of dropped in my spirit this morning, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to continue long. But sometimes we know that we're not living the way God wants us to live. Sometimes we know that we're living in sin. But we continue to do it because we're not willing to give up that particular area of our life for Almighty God. It's amazing to me. And we know it. And we know that it hurts the heart of God. But we'll say that we love God, but we refuse to give it up. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't depict the love that we say that we have for God. Amen? At any rate, I know it gave you pause when I read what the righteousness of God means because it should have gave you pause. But after you thought about it for a moment, it should have brought praise to your lips. And I don't understand why some people still looking all sad and whatever because they know they're not doing right. Because you remember from our uh, 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 armor that we put on every day. And we put on the righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. What does the breastplate of righteousness mean? Right, Jesus' righteousness, that we are covered in his righteousness. It's not our righteousness that's gonna make us look like this. Do you understand that? It is not our right. It is a, we're covered in the righteousness of Almighty God. Scripture tells us he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of Almighty God. When you stand before God, 
The only reason that you're going to be able to stand before God is because of the righteousness of Christ that was imputed to you. Not because of anything that you did. And that's why it should make you rejoice. And even in that, that should make you want to give up anything that would hinder you in your walk with the Lord. The marriage supper of the Lamb takes place. Look at the last verse, and I'm going to let you go. It says, blessed are those who, in, who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Did you open your invitation yet? Did, I'm not going to ask you, did you receive your invitation? Because you've already received it. You've already received it. The question is, have you opened it? The marriage supper of the Lamb is when the church and Jesus are united as one for all of eternity. It's not any for better, for it works, till death do we part, because death will be no more. Do you understand? Amen. We will be united with our Lord and Savior into all of eternity. And God said, you're blessed if you got in. Check your mail. Check your mail. Check your mail. Do you know where your mailbox is? It's inside your heart. And ask yourself the question, how many times has God invited me to be a part of him? Did you get that invitation? You got to open it. And then you got to apply it. Amen? Amen? Blessed are those who have been invited to the marriage supper. I'm ready. I'm, I'm so ready. I'm so ready for the rapture. I'm so ready to go and be with our God. Because this world, nothing that this world holds, holds any attraction to me. You understand? Because he is my all. That's where God wants each and every one of us to be. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, this resurrection series, mm, I've never done this before, but I follow your instructions. And I just want, no, I know you want us to realize everything that resurrection entails. And what you want us to know today is the eternal reward of knowing that we will be in an intimate, personal relationship with you in the same way that a a, a, a husband and wife, when they get married, they're in an inter, intimate, personal relationship with each other. Lord, we love you. We bless you and we exalt you. If there's anyone here, put on the music. If there's anyone here, Lord, who's gotten the invitation, but they haven't opened it. There may be some people here. Turn it down a little bit. Who started to open it a little bit, but they didn't open it all the way because they're afraid of what it might require of them. They peep inside the envelope, peep inside. You see where God says, I want all of you? 
You see where God says, I want you totally and completely. All you got to do is repent of your sins. Let go and let God. Whatever you're holding on to is not worth it. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the people that are here this morning that heard your word. And the ones that will hear it on Facebook, Lord God. To be a part of the marriage supper of the Lamb. To know that Jesus lives, therefore I will live as well. That's what the resurrection of Christ means to me. I ask you to touch the hearts and minds of the people that are here. If there's anyone here who's not given their life to Christ, that's what the invitation is. The invitation is for you to give your life to the Lord. Have you responded to the invitation? All heads bowed and all eyes closed. Have you responded? All you have to do is lift your hand if you have not responded to the invitation. If you have not repented of your sins and asked Jesus to save you. Amen. Is there anyone here that's given their life to the Lord but they're not living? They're not living the way God has called them to live. You know you're hanging on to some stuff that you should have let go of a long time ago. Is there anyone here that wants to rededicate their life to the Lord today? Just lift your hand. Don't be embarrassed. You know, a lot of times we want people to think we're holier than we are. But why do you care about what I think? You need to be cared about what God thinks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is there anyone here that wants to rededicate their life to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to meet me in the prayer room. To meet me in the prayer room. Amen. Thank you, Father. Is there anyone else? We have two people that want to rededicate their life to the Lord. We have two people that want to be dedicated their life to the Lord. Amen. Lord, I lift your name on high. Father God, we thank you for those who want to rededicate their life to you. And we thank you, Lord God, because you are you are our redeemer, you are our savior, and you are the keeper of our soul. That once we give our life to you, we don't have to worry about losing it. We love you, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, my soul says amen. Amen. I'm going to do the benediction. I'd like to meet the young lady first in the uh, prayer room and then Mike after the young lady that I ask you to come in. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God, the sweet, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you now, henceforth, and forevermore, world without end. Amen. You can greet each other. Amen. Put the song back on.